Before we start the show, this episode is going to be different due to the tragic murder of George Floyd. This will be much more focused on what we can do to make a difference and bring justice. We highly encourage you to go to blacklivesmatter.card.co. Again, that's blacklivesmatter.card.co. There are petitions you can sign, places you can donate, numbers you can call, and many other resources to help. Get involved. What's up, everybody? It's your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Il Brown. What's good, world? It's your main man, Trox. Yo, and this is your girl, Candy. And once again, it's on. You are live with the Beat the Block podcast, powered by the good folks at Beat Stars that cash our checks. Beat Stars is the label that pays, man. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> literally, it's a label, so that actually makes sense. But uh, today's show is different, man. I'm very glad we have our guest on today. He holds a bachelor's degree in social science from the West University of Oregon, and a master's in social work from Portland State University. Please welcome Hip Hop Social Worker onto the podcast. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. I feel like this is extremely necessary with everything that's going on to have a guest of your caliber on the show and your expertise, man. So thank you for making time for us, man, especially in these critical times. And uh, I feel like we should just get right into it, man, because we got a lot of stuff to cover. My man, Christopher Scott, man. How you doing, man? How are you feeling, man, as far as your spirit and all that, man? Man, I'm a little tired. You know what I'm saying? Uh, May was, I had some interesting things happen to me at work, you know, as far as like microaggressions and people talking to me crazy and all that stuff, you know. Um, so the George Floyd thing really didn't, didn't really uh, sit well. I mean, because just kind of, you know, it already caused like a lot of, you know, tensions and, of course, you know, just like kind of like nature, like a lot of my Facebook friends are people that I work with and seeing them have like corny takes on the situation. It's kind of, it's just it's, adds to my like exhaustion. I'm surviving, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to like tap in with all my support, just trying to help people who, who ask for help as well. I got a lot of people asking me questions about things. So I just, you know, I, I'm trying to leave enough to help people, but also leave enough for me to keep going, you know. Most definitely, most definitely. It's funny you say that about, you know, what's happening at work. Because uh, for those that don't know, I still have a day job too. And I, f I see a lot of microaggressions at my job too. But I feel like they've been heightened and uh, a lot of true colors have been showing in and out of work. Actually, just in the world, really. It's just insane, man. Like, we're going we're gonna to get through this, man. I feel like we will, man. Uh, we've been through it before, so... We'll get through it again. Hopefully one day we can sit back and say, man, remember them crazy-ass times? And it'll be just stuff in the, in, the, in the memory, you know what I'm saying? Indeed, man, indeed. You go by the alias of the hip-hop social worker. Can you tell the listeners what you do in your work? So my current uh, day job, I am a, a what we call a, a qualified mental health professional at a youth correctional facility in Woodburn, Oregon. I work on a violent offender unit. Really, I just make treatment plans. I do counseling. I do, uh, you know, phone calls to, you know, like, you know, family support. 
I attend a lot of meetings. I'm a part of what they call the unit leadership team. So like I'm a part of like the like the you know the team that, that helps the unit run smooth. Um, that's what I do for like you know my paycheck work. Uh, but the work that I'm trying to build with the hip hop social worker is I, I have a podcast called hip hop the the hip hop social worker podcast where I interview different uh, social workers around the country. Um, started out as something really. Um, to kind of help build my platform because, you know, when I was in grad school, I kind of knew that I wanted to be some other than just case manager. You know, like, I feel like social work kind of primes you to be a case manager, like a desk job, you know, which is fine. But, you know, I wanted to do something more than that. So um, so I started Hip Hop Social Worker. Um, I also see clients, um, you know, um, every now and again. You know, uh, I've been kind of toying with the idea of going full private practice just so I can have a little more freedom to be creative, you know. Um, you know, I'm just a person that try to go and help the youth of the you know that I work with try to help them uh, you know see where the world um from a different view. You know, like a lot of my kids that you know that you know that I work with grew up in the numbers. You know, what I'm saying if you're from Portland, you know the numbers. You know, what I'm saying like and that's and, and you know how crazy it is out there and it's fascinating to me because you know I grew up in Portland before you know there's moving people out there. I grew up in North and Northeast Portland, you know, and the, and they hear these kids growing up in the numbers, like you know, like kind of the wild, wild west, and and just like they, you know, their outlook on life is so like, damn, that's it's just crazy. So I try to help them kind of, you know, build them up, you know, what I'm saying, and um, show them that there's, you know, it's other ways to get what you need, you know, what I'm saying out here. So when you eventually open up your private practice, what does that entail as far as like what you would do? Just doing therapy. I'm, you know, like uh, one-on-one therapy, group therapy, counseling uh, for couples. You know, it's really whatever I kind of want it to be like. You know, like I I could do play therapy. I could do, um, you know, which really is play therapy. Like you get toys and you play with little kids and you kind of, you know, work through their trauma in that way. Also do like consulting, um, you know, like do presentations, things like that. You know, um, just really like it wouldn't look too much too different from what I do now, but I would have the, um, you know, freedom to kind of move the way I want to move, you know. I wouldn't have to deal with, like, uh, co-workers, but I would have to deal with, like, insurance and things like that, you know, so. Right. You'd have to deal with uh, everything a doctor would have to deal with, basically. Yeah, you know, on a lower scale. I'm not quite not quite a doctor, but, you know, kind of. So, being that you and I are both from Portland, can you tell everybody what's going on in our city right now? I'm guessing there's going to be another protest tonight. It's going to be day four of, you know, protests. Friday night got a little wild. You know, they went up in the Louis Vuitton store. Uh, you know, they went up in the Apple store. Um, they, they they went over and, you know, they went to Nike. I don't know what they did at Nike because I've seen a picture of Nike, but I heard they, you know, they went there and they tried to get some stuff. But I don't think they did, but I'm not really sure. I, I wasn't in the mix like that. And then Saturday night was a little was was all they also burned down the Justice Center, you know what I'm saying? That's Oh his, yeah, that's right. That's the downtown jail, you know, for um you know, for adults, you know. Um so yeah, they 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 burned stuff up. Uh Saturday was a little more it was a little more slowed down, but they still had a big protest Saturday. Sunday was they they had a protest, a peaceful protest, but it, it got kind of squirrely. After, you know, about hour three, you know what I'm saying? Um, and now we have a curfew, 8 o'clock curfew. Stuff shuts down at 8 o'clock. You cannot do anything. You know, they're closing the freeway ramps. You cannot get off of downtown Portland. If You got to keep driving if you're trying to get off of downtown Portland. And then they have another one tonight. 
that's going to happen. So, you know, Portland is like, you know, Portland is 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 liberal, but it's still like, mm, it's, it, you know, like you, you it's can fake still, progressive. Yeah, you know, I mean, but you can still find yourself in a tough situation out here, you know. Yeah, people don't understand. Like, if it weren't for Portland or even Eugene, really, Oregon would most definitely be a red state. Oh, one hundred percent. Like you go outside of either of those cities, even actually, you know what? Either even Portland and Eugene still has its fair share of racism. Yeah, it's just all passive aggressive in those cities. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's in your face outside of them, though. Like, yeah, they let you my know. Pa- like, my parents live in uh, Roseburg, Oregon. They bought a house out there. For those that don't know, like they had that school shooting at Umpqua Community College, and this was when Barack Obama was still president. Right. Mm-hmm. So Barack Obama flew out there and then everybody greeted him with Confederate flags, Ku Klux Klan shit. Like it really like showed everybody that, hey, your state can be as progressive, progressive, quote unquote, as you think it is. And it's still going to have its bullshit. Yeah, that's real. I remember that, too. I remember the whole like. Because they had like um, I, I remember the first time I seen that um, that don't tread on me flag, and I was like, damn. So they was wilding. They're most definitely wilding, man. It's 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 crazy. It's really just America in a nutshell, if you ask me. I agree. This next question is pretty pretty layered. What ways do you think we can help? And how have you seen people helping already? Like, you know, and I, I want everybody to kind of chime in on this, you know what I mean, and give give your point of view and perspective and your, your respective locations. But uh, how, what what have you, some of the things you've seen and, and some of the things you've done so far? Um, well, one thing that I've done, Saturday I, I called in to work. Uh, I wasn't feeling work that day. I woke up with a headache. Um, so I've been using my PTO, you know, just taking care of myself reaching out to different uh, people, just kind of having conversations that I can tolerate. You know, I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. That's one thing you, you got to you gotta let go, trying to trying to change people's mind. It's not, it's not the time for that. I see a lot of people on Facebook going back and forth about people who think a certain way, and it's like, you know what, man? Like, it's too raw right now for me to go in there and try to change anybody's opinion on what's going on. So I leave that, you know what I'm saying? I unfollowed a few people. I unfollowed a few people. My social media is like, I ain't got time. Ain't no time for foolishness. What we can do as a collective is just kind of have have conversations, shut up when it's time to shut up and listen, you know, uh, respect people's point of view. But, you know, if it's it's something that you don't feel or that you don't agree with, you know, like instead of really like like getting angry and upset, just kind of, you know, Agree to disagree. Like, if it's really your peoples and you mess with them, because we're going to have different points of views, you know what I'm saying? If they're really your people and you mess with them for real, like, all right, we agree to disagree, whatever, let's drop it. But if if somebody who's just coming by, like, on Facebook trying to talk trash, set a boundary, delete them, don't even entertain it, because it ain't worth your mental health, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, my wife is a person that can go down a rabbit hole. She went down a rabbit hole over COVID-19 and people, like, not taking it serious. And one night, she was, like, on for hours just, like, scrolling and talking to people. I was like, they don't need to do all that. That ain't doing nothing but causing stress, you know. So, yeah, just have conversations. Be open to people's um, experiences, you know. Don't try to fix anybody who seems to be, like, sad, you know what I'm saying? Let them feel the pain. Let them heal, you know. Ask if you can help them. If they say no, then, you know, 
bow out. You know, don't don't overdo it. A lot of people try to overdo it, and they try to you know just kind of intrude in any way in your intrusion. You're actually causing more harm because you're not letting this person feel what they need to feel. You know, so um, yeah, that's pretty much you know set boundaries, call your support, lean on your support, take those sick days. You know. Do something creative. That helped me last night. I was struggling, but I wasn't going to do a podcast episode, but I did one anyway because I just, I just spoke from my heart, you know? Absolutely. Uh, what, are, what are some of the things that you've seen, like, on the front lines as far as, you know, people getting involved and helping, you know, with the situation at hand? I've seen, like, clashes of ideologies because I work in a correctional institution. So, and it's not like, that's not a place where you meet a lot of social workers inside of there. A lot of people there are black and white thinkers. They're like, hey, you know, this is the law and the law says this. So I see a lot of like clashes of ideologies. I'll be having to like mediate and have do conflict resolutions with, you know, with, you know, with staff and, and the youth, you know what I'm saying? Like, because, because, you know, like the youth I work with are, are a lot of them are black youth. A lot of staff are white. So sometimes, you know, it just gets a little, it gets, it gets a little tricky because, like, you know, say me being the mental health person, I'm, like, it's my job to kind of coach everyone on the unit, the staff, the youth, you know what I'm saying, how to get their point across. And I've, that's what I see the most is, like, clashes of ideals and people just butting heads and I got to try to, you know, I got to, you know, I don't try to fix the issue, but I at least try to, like, you know, diffuse it so it's not like any kind of any kind of like retaliation going on later, you know? So yeah, that's what I see the most. I see a lot of exhaustion. People be tired, you know? Um, one thing I, that I'm mad about my organization is that they don't have an affinity group for black staff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like everywhere I've worked have, has had that, like, you know, they got a place for black staff to come and just kind of let it all out, you know? And we don't have that there. So like, that, that might be something I might need to work on. You know, and like I said, waiting for, like you know, said away from it, waiting for it to happen. I might need to go step up and you know what I'm saying and, and handle that. Absolutely, I dig that, man. One of one of the things uh, uh, here in Chicago, you know, me me and uh, Candy, will I think we'll attack this kind of back and forth. Is uh, mm-hmm. th- there's been a lot of uh, baiting going on. You know what I'm saying? Like things that really don't even have anything to do. With, with the situation at hand, and that's justice for George Floyd, like, people are using it as an excuse to loot and push their agendas, and I, I've seen people even baiting each other into what could literally pop off as, like, a, a race war. Like, people are, you know, looting in other people's... Because, like, Chicago is extremely segregated, right? Mm-hmm. You could have a, a, a neighborhood... And it's, you know, it's completely, you know, Hispanic. And then you have a black neighborhood is black, and then the white neighborhood is the white neighborhood. And if you go trying to loot in these different places, now it's not, hey, these guys are here looting on behalf of what's going on. It's black people coming over here to loot. It's, you know, it's Mexicans coming over here to loot. And now I'm seeing exchanges on, you know, social media where people are like, hey, if any black people come over here, period, you know, we're shooting at them, we're throwing bricks at their cars. Like, this is going on right now. And I've been using this opportunity to try to reel people back in, you know, with my platform and things like that. Like, hey, don't fall for, for, the, for the trap, for the okey-doke. Like, the more wild we get, the further down your throat they're going to enforce the same exact policy that 
is the cause of all this madness in the first place. We can riot, protest, burn the entire world to the ground, and that policy will still be in place that is outdated, that favors you know the global elite and racist and fascist America and the rest of the world that is, is just obsolete. People don't even think that way anymore, yet we're still you know, bound by these policies that have, were, were even outdated in, 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 in the 50s and the 60s. And they still exist and they still protect the powers that be and the people who know that you know, they could you know, lean on the privilege and the policy and get a slap on the wrist. So I've been just educating people like, hey, we have to pivot and go another route. Like, yo, we have to really get involved in these elections. We have to start, you know, making our money work towards, you know, funding the politicians that, you know, fit the criteria and agendas that we need to have put in place. I don't know if you guys paying attention to elections, local and, you know, at the federal level and everything like like I do, but all these politicians have a price. I'm saying to people like, hey, if you really want change, hey, man, we might have to build a candidate. You know what I mean? But it has to be someone who has the best interest and in, in progressive mindset of where we're at because what I'm not seeing the same type of... I'm seeing people stand together more so than segregate when it comes to the cause as far as protest, you know what I mean? I'm seeing all creeds, colors, nationalities out there like, hey, this, is, this isn't right. It's, you know, this is unlike the 60s and everything where you just heard about it or it made its way to the news eventually and you got outraged. You're seeing people suffer the hands of police brutality real time. Like, we watched the man die on camera and he wasn't resisting. And it's just like throwing gasoline and kerosene onto the fire. Like, people become enraged faster. The media sensationalizes it. And then they try to bait you. I've seen some wild shit. I've been out and about driving through the city helping clean up. And I've seen, like, people saying, hey, we were out here protesting and a completely random group of people shows up trying to throw bricks through windows and they want to spray paint. And I've even seen people like roll up with flatbeds full of bricks. Like who's buying the bricks? You know what I mean? Like you have to understand what's, what they're trying to do to you. You know what I mean? And what the agenda really is. And then, you know, Trump throws it right in your face. Like, hey, seven o'clock curfew, federal and military police, Wherever y'all causing ruckus at, they will be deployed. They're on the way. You, you will be arrested. You will be shot. Uh -huh. That's the definition of martial law. Yep. 100. And all this looting and going crazy as, isn't doing nothing but making them say, hey, you guys can't even adapt to the policies that exist. So we're going to make them even stricter. And then you lose all your rights and freedoms. Like... Right now, I can't go get a loaf of bread in my neighborhood. I have to drive 30 miles <laughs> probably to be able to say I can go grocery shopping because everything else has literally been burned to the ground or vandalized to the point where, like, the neighborhood grocery store that I frequent said they won't be able to even reopen for three weeks. Yeah. So you tore down your entire neighborhood 
and you may only have a couple days worth of food in your refrigerator. So now you have to take chances just to feed yourself, man. It's so much bigger than just the protests, just looting. It's so many layers to it. And, and when people, they react off of raw emotion and blind rage and, and don't stop and pause for a second and be like, okay, what is the end game for all of this? Let me think logically about what's about to happen next if I do this. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought about that. Everybody here in Chicago said free Nikes, free free clothes, free whatever, free electronics. And then it, it doesn't matter because if they enforce a seven o'clock curfew, where are you gonna wear all this shit to? Mm-hmm. You stole all these clothes, <laughs> shoes. You can't go out the house. <laughs> can't do nothing. <laughs> You can't do nothing. It was in vain. And the the most painful thing about it is the policy that started all of this is likely going to give a favorable outcome to to the officer that that murdered, to the officers that watched and the officers that kneeled on George Floyd's neck right in front of America's eyes. Yeah. And then what's going to happen? More outrage. People should should definitely understand that it's all a, a setup. There's a lot of hinde, hidden agendas that have been unfolding since the start of this this year. So this just adds more fuel to the fire with this incident. But of course, we all know in our community, we have been dealing with watching our people get murdered time after time. I mean, there was just two right before this one. We're dealing with people overcoming COVID, like I said, and dealing with losing people and their family members and We have all of these people unemployed. A lot of people didn't get their stimulus checks, not to mention already the economic issues that we already deal with in the country. One question I have for you, Crystal, being a social worker and working with the youth and even like when you're not working um, at your day job and you have your other clients, what are ways that that you tell them to cope artistically through dealing with these types of traumas and issues? Oh uh, man, so uh writing writing music, writing poetry, um just writing in general. I know this sounds a little cliche, but coloring. You know, uh you know, like having like coloring pages, um, making a journal, just really venting, you know what I'm saying? Like having someone sit down and listen to what you gotta say, you know. So um anything that kind of um helps you express yourself you know, express how you're feeling, you know. So, yeah, I, I preach a lot of that stuff, you know. I, like like a lot of kids, when I work, when I say journal, they, they, they kind of look at me like, well, what, what is that, you know. So, but I feel like, I'm like, well, no, it, it's it's important to write your thoughts down, you know, because because you free them, you know what I'm saying. Like, like, like if you keep them bottled up, you're going to be mad. But if you, if, if you just, even if nobody reads the journal, just was able to just write it down and be able to release, like, ah, I felt, I felt better just, just letting that out. Cause if you hold it in, it's just going to build up. You know what I'm saying? So those are ways that I try to, um, help people like, you know, you know, like in a creative process, just like, you know, just keep, keep doing what you're doing. Even if it's weak, even if it's, even if it's not like spectacular, 
you know, because because uh, you know, like a lot of people I work with have like low self esteem. You know what I'm saying? And they don't, and they gotta be like fresh as soon as they do something. It's like, nah, you gotta build that. So just just do it. You know what I'm saying? Do it, even if it's trash. If you do it ten more times, it's gonna be even less trash every time you do it. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's really just what I preach. Any kind of outlet. You know what I'm saying? Writing music, writing books. You know, I'm, there was the one kid. He said he was bored at work. I said, well, write a page every day. You know what I'm saying? Write a page every day. You got a five-year sentence, you write a page every day. That's, I don't, even, I don't even know how many pages that is, you know, but that's a book, you know what I'm saying? And that's and that's a way to kind of get your outlet out, you know, so just things like that. Yeah, I mean, we deal with that in the producer community, um, prejudging our art, but also trying to find an authentic way to express ourselves, especially mm-hmm. during this time. Like, I've spoke to a lot of my producer friends and... Honestly, I was going to like drop some music online, but I'm like, it's too happy during this time. Like it, the vibe doesn't fit what's going on. And and then when I talked to my colleagues and they're like, man, like I was going through my catalog trying to find something but or create something, but I can't even, it's like the energy is really heavy right now. I can't mm-hmm. even create. And so one of the things I tell people is to accept where they are like, if you need to take a break for a couple of days or a week or a weekend, that's fine. Nobody's forcing you to do anything. I mean, I think that um, taking care of yourself first and your mental health is number one. Yeah. And your family, like, it has nothing to do with this music stuff. Like, before you go to work, you have to make sure that you're okay. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is just not judging what you do. So a few years back, Actually, way it's 2020. 2014, I was involved with uh, Kanye. Well, he was the board of the organization with Ryan Fest with uh, Donda's House. And so they worked with the youth that dealt with a lot of traumatic experiences. And it was all about teaching them to speak their truth. And so a lot of people don't know how to actually speak their truth. That's real. Even as good producers, we get caught up in trying to create something that doesn't necessarily resonate with where we're at right now. And so one of the things I just tell people is, and what I try to do is really tap into channeling the energy that I'm at right now. Like we have this podcast and we talk on this platform, but I couldn't really find the words to say on my own page because it's just heavy. It's it's a lot of systematic issues that are going on, not just the, I think the George Floyd incident is what amplified and brought out a lot of other issues that we deal with and people are really unhappy and it's a lot going on. So it's like, yeah. what I have to say, I can write a book on it and I don't, it's not just post-worthy, you know what I mean? So, and then also my language is different. As producers, we create music. So we need to speak through our beats we need to really tap into that emotion. And so that's what I would definitely say to anybody that are creatives to really like take this time and not judge your art. You have a blank canvas and really use it to use this to tap into yourself and express where you're at right now. But another thing is, you know, that helps your mental health. But how are you, Chris, taking care of like your mental health? Um, you know, like I preach self-care a lot. But because, like, I'm trying to build, y'all know how it is when you're trying to build something, you know, everything kind of takes a back burner. You know, you're trying to just, 
You're just trying to pump as much stuff as, you know, just pump as much content out as you can, always practicing, always trying to always, always trying to be relevant, always trying to, you know, get better, things like that. So, but this weekend is when I really was like, I'm calling in on Saturday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't right. feel good. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, not, this don't get me in trouble, but I really wasn't feeling like I couldn't work. You know what I'm saying? My head was hurting. I was stressed out. I was like, you know, I I got to call it out, you know. But so using time off, and then I got some, you know, some, P, uh, some PTO days that I had to use, so I, I used those immediately. One way that really, like, helped me feel, feel better, like I said earlier last night, uh, I wasn't going to do a podcast this week because, you know, I dropped the ball trying to get a guest and I really wasn't like trying to like put a show together by myself. And I was just, I was just beating myself up about it. So like at 930 last night, I said, you know what, I'm going to just get on there and I'm going to speak what I got to say, you know, and I, that's what I did. And that helped me feel a whole lot better because, you know, I was able to kind of get those words out and just put it out to whoever wanted to listen to it, you know, so. But, yeah, just uh, those things are helping me out, um, allowing myself to be vulnerable, checking out a, of uh, social media from time to time. That's something this I can't do too much of it. It's too much right now. So that's how I'm taking care of myself, you know. Yo, what up, L. Brown? I'm thinking of signing up for B-Stars. What's your experience like? Man, bro, B-Stars came through for me at a tough time, man. Uh, of course, the industry is much different now. It gave me a platform where I didn't have to build my own website, and I was able to upload my beats and sell them and engage with the community, man. I had a crazy first month, man. Did like 4K in sales. Wow. And I've been a fan and a member of BeatStars ever since. Sign up on BeatStars to start making money with your beats. Go to bit.ly slash beattheblock1. Again, that's bit.ly slash beattheblock1. Peace. Social media is uh, is cancerous right now. Like I just I just see nothing but like just bad news everywhere, you know. And I I definitely felt your point on uh, having to call in or take a break because uh, I mean I did go to work today, but the energy was very heavy and like I was really withdrawn from everybody to be really to be honest. I have a black stepson. And my lady's black, so it's like I, I I love them dearly. So it's like, and they live and they live in Texas too. So it's like I can't even be with them. So it's like it, it's heavy on me. I mean, I also had to take a break tonight from creating because, like I said, the energy is very heavy. I stream myself making beats Monday through Thursday. I'm taking today off just because I don't know. I just. I, I would feel it. I feel I would feel horrible if I did it tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's just it's I, as a DJ. I read the room, and I'm reading the room right now. And and now's not the time to do it. It's heavy right now, man. <laughs> it's heavy, man. Like I'm just I'm really at a loss of words when it comes to it. I'm just I was never really good with words. I just express myself through music. At this point, I have no words. I think I'm running out. It's like. How many times I feel like this happened two a few years ago. It'll probably happen next year sometime. And it, it it hurts because like, you know, you just can't really like like at least for me, like when I see people who are supposed to protect and serve, you know what I'm saying? And they really like see like there's nothing that can save me. You know what I'm saying? Like subconsciously a lot of people like want status 
especially people of color, because like if I get high enough, they gonna respect me and they ain't gonna fuck with me. You know, excuse my language if you can't cuss on here, but you know, like you know, like if I get high enough, you know, if I if I get known enough, I can walk around and police ain't gonna stop me for hanging out. You know, but that don't really help us no more. It never really helped us in the first place. You know what I'm saying? So it's like so like that like I can't escape through class. I can't escape through like chilling at my house because if, if if you know like if there's a phone call if there's somebody doing sus- like some suspicious stuff, and they could bust in my house and just shoot me while I'm eating ice cream, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I can't call for help, you know, because they're gonna give me fifty questions. I can't, you know, I can't look sus- I can't look suspicious, you know, looking suspicious. And who like and that's such like a that's such like a subjective. Subjective, yes, it's so subjective that it's like, what does look suspicious even look like? You know what I'm saying? I think a white guy walking fast looks suspicious, you know. But I bet he won't get stopped. You know what I'm saying? For me, just hanging out, chilling, you know. So it's it's just it's just it's just heavy, you know. So like like yeah, I've been tapping in with my support recently. Like I said, like you know, what I'm saying like I pre self care, but I really don't do it. But this weekend, I I did it. And I was like, I gotta do it. I cannot. I cannot not do it. I got to do it. I got to do it ASAP, man, because it's heavy right now. Yeah. And social work is already kind of like a, a heavy profession. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like, like like I see people at their most vulnerable state, you know. So so just having to really, you know, I already like put myself on the back burner because I signed up to do this under with an understanding that, you know, I'm going to go help people who need the help. So really me bringing my problems to them they shouldn't have to endure that, you know. So this time I had to I had to put myself first. As you should, man. I'm glad you did. Yeah, man. It was hard. Let's talk about the resources that are available for people to stay mentally healthy. So there's this, you know, the the quintessential therapy, you know, um, which scares a lot of people because people don't really know what therapy is. The therapy is just a place where you can go judgment free and you can kind of um, get things sorted out. You know, a lot of people don't know that therapy is actually in your hands. So, like, if you go see a therapist, your treatment is based on what you tell the therapist. You know, so like like a real therapist ain't going to really going to force nothing on you. You know, like you are you come in there, they're going to do an assessment and they're going to kind of figure out, you know, saying ways to help you like get to where you need to go. You know, so um, I know that's not really accessible to everyone, but if you have a job with insurance, call your insurance, see, see what's available. Um, see if, um, you know, like if you have a, um employee assistance program, you know, if you have a job, that's really what, you know, that's when you can go get like five free sessions a year. And then you go and this, those five free sessions is really up to you. You know, like you call a, um, a 1-800 number and they give you a list of people in your area and you just kind of make phone calls and say, hey, I, I'm looking for a therapist, you know. The only problem with that is the panels aren't really that diverse. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be a lot of diversity in those panels, but therapy you know just that's that's the way to go um leaning on support calling whoever your support system is creating a support system if you don't have one um you know you're going to need help and everybody needs help you know everybody needs help through you know um during these hard times don't do this alone please don't do this alone uh, let's see what other resources is there. Um, I would like look for like community events. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, like wherever you at, hit Google up. You know, see what's out there. You know, just Google whatever kind of however you feeling. I would Google it and see what kind of help is there for you. So um, yeah, build your system, build your support system up. 
go to therapy. You know, if you're at work and you feel like the work environment is heavy, ask your boss for a check-in. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 to- totally fine. Um, take a break. You know what I'm saying? Take a break if you need to, those kind of things. Um, uh, but as far as, like, specific resources, there's so many to, to name. I can't, I don't really, you know, don't really know, like, you know, a lot of them by name. I just know what you can do, you know, to find them. You can actually, there's one I do know is you can go to, like, the National Alliance of Social Workers, like, org, and they usually have, like, um, resources for people that are struggling to go through things. Yeah, a couple of things I was going to mention, just, like, on a personal level, of course, like, meditation, Prayer unplugging, it is okay to not make content during times like this or put out content during times like this to just collect yourself and kind of observe and or unplug. Um, so that's one thing, like, especially in the producer community when we don't know what to say or how to express ourselves vocally. And then another thing is actually having relationships and leaning on those relationships with other artists and producers that you have. So one of the biggest things that we deal with is, which I love when we hop on the call with Trax and and Will, because sometimes we just got to let loose and talk about some shit that went on or our creative process and why it didn't work out or some artist that didn't pay. So I think it's important because a lot of producers are introverted and we don't really talk. Everyone just, you know, they play, they play their stuff and they work on their own thing, but I would say in the last couple of months, I reconnected with a lot of people in my network and we just talked for hours about the same stuff that we all deal with. So I think that that's really important to know that you have someone that's actually going through the same thing that you're going through, especially as a creative. So you don't have those insecurities or feel like I'm not doing enough, especially during this time. Like the best thing that you can do is do what you can. So that's what I would say. Anybody else want to chime in? That's a tough one. As far as like what we can do to stay mentally healthy, just stay okay, really. I try and stay as busy as I can. I stay. I, st- I try and stay creative in something. You know what I'm saying? Like people know me for music, but I just picked up Adobe Premiere Pro. Like I want to learn how to make videos. You know what I'm saying? So. I feel like after this, this that's what I'm going to do tonight is I'm just going to learn how to make videos. Like, that's just going to keep me busy, you know? Whenever I keep myself busy, I'm happy as long as it feels fulfilling. Now, how how I determine if it's fulfilling or not, I honestly, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. But as long as I keep myself busy with something, it, it takes my mind off of those, off of that heavy feeling. You know what I mean? One of the things that I like to do, uh, you know, to stay mentally healthy is help other people. Yeah. A lot of times when uh, you're helping other people, you know what I mean? I mean, unfortunately, you might have to take on a little bit of that energy. But, you know, if you're helping other people and it's genuine and, and, and your intentions are pure and, you know, the people are, you know, really appreciative of the help, it can be very fulfilling and it could put you in a in a better mental space. You know what I mean? When you help somebody and they really appreciate it or they really needed it, and you know maybe you reconnect with them in the future and they're like, "Hey, you know I was in a real dark place or things were really real when you helped me out." And you know, just like you know today, man, like a lot of us went out 
and just cleaned up the neighborhood. Like, hey, we live here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand everybody had to release that, that fury, that rage, that energy. But the aftermath still is the aftermath. You have to, we have to live here. We have to, we, you know, we have to coexist. And I said, you know what? Let me grab a broom. Let me grab a, let me get a, grab a trash can. And, and just wherever I see glass, wherever I see trash and businesses that I frequent, you know, if they were destroyed, let's try to help rebuild. And, uh, you know, I take solace in just, you know, knowing that things eventually are going to get better. You know what I mean? And amen. Absolutely. Like these are very dark times, but there there will be brighter days ahead. And, you know, focusing on that and helping other people realize that as well is is, you know, is 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 mentally and spiritually fulfilling and healthy in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? So That's another thing that, you know, just you know, keeps keeps me going is just like the thought of just knowing that Things will get better, even when even when it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes, like sometimes, you know, my manager has to remind me that my girl has to remind me that my family has to remind me that. Like, it always gets reiterated, though. Like that will always that that's the one thing that keeps me going is just knowing that things will get better. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, I agree. As a creative, how do you think that we could? deal with this through our art more like what are some of the things you guys are doing um really i'm just, just i'm trying to just just keep going you know what i'm saying not not stopping take take it too long of a break you know saying with my you know saying with my podcast journey that's pretty much it you know i'm trying not to fall off too hard for me man uh i try not to do cliche stuff when things get real it's going to be a million rappers and producers trying to put together and, and you know you know musicians period I think are going to try to musically you know express what's going on so I'm going to try to tap into a completely different energy at the time you know what I mean so I feel like uh in times uh, of aggression you know maybe maybe that's where my my vibe is musically and, uh, and maybe I I need to make some aggressive tracks or, you know, maybe I need to write some aggressive lyrics or maybe we need to hop on the podcast and address what's going on. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you have to have an outlet for it. You know, that's just one of my ways, you know what I'm saying, of, uh, you know what I mean, dealing with it through the art. And like Troc said, you know, maybe embarking on something that you always wanted to try. If, you know, you get a little extra time or you just need to take your mind off something, learning a new skill requires a lot of focus and it'll take your mind off a lot of negative things so you know what I mean I I really like you know that aspect as well like I've learned so much new stuff you know through COVID and now I, I don't know if this is quite going to be a revolution or if motherfuckers is just mad as hell <laughs> you know what I mean but I, I'm still going to take this time to you know sharpen my sword and, and learn learn something new experience something new that I've always wanted to try and maybe, you know, you have some hidden hidden talents. When you come out of this, you know, now now you have a whole new revenue stream or you have a whole new skill set that you can market or something like that. So, you know, just uh don't waste the time though. I will advise that. Try try to come out of this better. Most definitely. And I said it before, like, you know, I'm learning something new. I'm learning something new during these times, just to, you know, take my mind off of things. 
but I'm also sharpening my sword too. The sword that I've already that I've been using for 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Keep the sword sharp. You know, make music that reflects my emotions during these times. And I, and you know, and I, and I enjoy streaming on Twitch and making beats. I've literally, as I'm making beats on Twitch, like all the beats that I've made in the last like few months have been on Twitch. And I actually enjoy people watching me because I, I I enjoy the whole conversational thing because we're not talking about just me making a beat. We're talking about real life shit. We're talking about like you know. Food that we like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just conversation starters. Like, last time we were having, like, a debate on which chain had the best burger, right? And we were, like, it was, like, on some Whataburger versus Shake Shack shit. As I was making a beat, and that shit just felt good, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that's that's what I'm going to continue to do, is just learn new skills and sharpen my sword and, you know, contribute to the cause however I can. This just made me think about... The music that we grew up on, there I mean, there was a lot of turmoil and different types of things that happened throughout life since, you know, we've grown up. But the music that we've grown up on and our parents have grew up on, they were a snapshot of history. And so it's really making me think about basically when we create music, we're documenting in a way what's going on. Some people do it where they're at personally, but I'm like, this could be an opportunity to really document just the times and it and it does sharpen your sword to tap into those emotions and look at what other people are going through even if you're not really feeling look at how how the world feels i mean the world is protesting you know what i'm saying the world is going through covid you know we're we're all dealing with this so it's a really cool way a different point of view for me to think i'm like man you listen to marvin gay man marvin gay was talking about the times Back then, you know, my mom's a singer and I listen to her music and I'm like, the band that she was with was, they were reflecting what was going on at that at that time. So I think that I'm going to tap into that instead of just creating something in my lane or what what it is. I mean, which I, I would still do. We always got to sharpen our swords and stay on top of our own vision. But this is like a new perspective. Like, you know, this is heavy. So it's like, take advantage of this heaviness and pour into it in a different way. One thing that I found out recently, I interviewed a therapist that lives in Sherman Oaks down in California. And part of her practice is she works with artists that like get stuck in the trend, like in the kind of creative process. And I don't know that was a thing. So like, you know, if, if ever you need one, you know what I'm saying? You can always reach out to, you know, to therapists for that reason too. I, like, like, you know, when she said that, I was like, I never even heard of that. But I guess that makes sense though, down in in that area. Like, that makes a lot of sense because there's probably a lot of people that move there and you know think they're gonna be the next Brad Pitt. Then they get caught stuck and they gotta they need that motivation to get up out of there. That motivation, that confidence. That's you know. Yeah. So that was interesting to me. I was like, I never heard of that. I never heard of that either. Me that's either. crazy. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very valuable resource there. No doubt, no doubt. Well, on a more positive note, moving forward, what do you have to look forward to in the future of your career? Really just, um, you know, getting my getting my LCSW, which is like the, 
once you get licensed, you can do things like bill insurance and you don't have to like take cash when you do your private practice and you can have contracts and, you know, you just look real official once you get to LCSW, you know, so that getting that, I feel like it's going to open some doors up to like, you know, to kind of really put like the stamp on my name, like, the, you know, all right, boom, he's out here. He's really out here. He, he put the work in. Um, I'm looking forward to um, doing more um more presentations, more workshops. I did a workshop down in Atlanta earlier this year. I got asked to go to the University of Alabama social work to like, you know, to present on some things. So, you know, that's my first ever paid gig. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and nice. I'm looking forward to Congratulations. Doing, you know, thank you. You know, I'm going to frame that check. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing things like that. Um, really just becoming like a person that combines social work with creativity, um, switching the lane of social work. You know, that was my main goal when I got into social work was to like, to like, um, help switch the look of it, you know, cause before it's like, you know, you got all these dudes and women in like suits and they come and they do these assessments and stuff. But it's like, nah, like I'm, I'm from a different background a different culture i still listen to hip-hop music i still wear jordans to work i you know what i'm saying and i want people to see me and see like you can make social work be whatever you want it to be you know what i'm saying if it's the feel for you you know so really just build my brand up um hopefully one day i'm like totally self-sufficient i'm making clearing six figures you know in a year getting contracts to work with like you know celebrities and TV and things like that, you know. I'm just I'm tired of grinding, man. And we believe that you will, man. We, we just, this is something we need, man. Straight up, I appreciate it. You know, I'm trying to absolutely. You know, what I'm saying I'm trying to bridge the gap from like you know from like our generation, you know, what I'm saying to like you know, to the profession. You know, cause I feel like there was a lot of you know missing like just missing links you know and i'm trying to help you know build it up you know so so somebody who's like 18 you know could look at a social worker and be like you know what i, I could consider doing that you know like instead of looking at some like crusty old person no no disrespect to all the old social workers out here people you know who are who are very you know suit wearing and very you know very stern and all that stuff that's cool but it's like but everybody don't want to do that you know what i'm saying like you know you know nobody wants to get into a career where you lose your, you know, yourself in, you know what I'm saying? Like your creativity and all that stuff. So definitely just trying to make it work. Well, man, where, where can we all find you on social media, man? For, uh, for those who want to reach out, maybe get further information or, you know what I'm saying? Just get in tune with you, follow what you're doing. Yeah. So, um, on Instagram, uh, just hip hop social worker on Twitter is HH social work. Facebook is Hip Hop Social Worker. Um, you can actually go to hiphopsocialworker.com and you can find more information about me there. You know, my podcast is on there. Um, I got a YouTube page, Hip Hop Social Worker Podcast on YouTube. Uh, that's pretty new. You know, like I, I just started adding videos to it, but, you know, like I'm like Trox. I'm just trying to learn do new things. You know, I'm trying to find ways to just grow the brand. But but pretty much everything is on the Hip Hop Social Worker, or not the, but hiphopsocialworker.com. You know, you can go there, and you can have different links to take you wherever you need to go. But yeah, Instagram really is like the is the biggest movement uh, as a hip hop social worker. That's what's happening, man. So we're gonna get up out of here for this evening, man. And uh, need everybody to stay safe, stay vigilant, <laughs> and stay dangerous. I'm your friendly neighborhood podcast host, and I'm literally in the neighborhood, Ill Brown. 
This is Trucks. And this is your girl, Candy. And we forbid you adieu. Please stay safe and blessings to you all. Peace. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Beat the Block. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps the show a lot. See you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.